Hello everyone and welcome to another special extra episode for the Rainy Plays Games podcast feed. It's not a five week month, but there is a holiday that I thought was appropriate for perhaps playing an additional game and putting it out there, and that is Valentine's Day. And as you heard, or may not have heard, but I hope that you go back and listen to the one last quest one shot that was put out, you may have heard my wife Lynn is a occasional dabbler in the RPG world. And by that I mean I drag her into many, many games of mine. And so for Valentine's Day, we thought it would be fun to do a little one-on-one shot. And looking into one-on-one shots, there were a few games that probably would have been better for a Valentine's Day theme, but we went with Call of Cthulhu. And we're doing one of the specifically designed one-on-one shots, Does Love Forgive? Mask of Desire from Call of Cthulhu for this one shot. So, hey, Lynn. Hello. You excited for some Call of Cthulhu? I have no idea. I'm kind of nervous because people are making this sound to be, sound like it's going to be like crazy or something. I don't know. I have no idea what I'm in for. Like literally no idea. Yes. We should say that Lynn has never played Call of Cthulhu before, so that should be fun. I've never actually ran Call of Cthulhu before. I have played in it with one of the DMs after Dark, Christian, who is a Call of Cthulhu lover, and he writes for Call of Cthulhu. He has multiple published scenarios through, I think it's Stygian Fox, and so you can go out there and find Christian's actual Call of Cthulhu scenarios, and I've been lucky enough to play in a game with him. And I've listened to a good amount of Call of Cthulhu being played, Typically, we joke all the time that horror is not my genre of choice, but I'm going to give it a go here as we play some Lovecraftian mythos-inspired Call of Cthulhu. And speaking of, in case people listening to this don't know what Call of Cthulhu is, it is a massively popular RPG, probably second, I think, to Dungeons & Dragons worldwide, that is based on H.P. Lovecraft's horror beyond imagining kind of mythos that he wrote back in the early 1900s. It is a horror RPG, and the mechanics for it are the basis of Chaosium's BRP, Basic Role-Playing System. Very simple system. It is a D100, or percentile, roll-under system, so you don't have classes like in games like Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder. You simply create investigators, people who are going to be interacting and likely investigating these horrible eldritch horrors and mysteries and things like that. And your character is entirely made up of basically some attributes. And from those attributes, you can derive the skills that they have. And it's just a big old skill list that you populate with things you think are appropriate for your character. And whenever you have to roll something, you're rolling a D100 and trying to roll under that number. There is sanity and sanity loss in Call of Cthulhu. It is often a very psychologically horror-based game. This one shot is not particularly terrifying in the sanity loss department. So luckily I'm not gonna have to deal with too much from the sanity roll side of things. But I guess we should start talking about the one we chose to do, huh? Yeah, let's do it. So you got the gist of D100 roll under. We have, before we started recording, made Lynn's character, and we will get to that character in a second, but let me just give a quick overview of the pitch and how Mask of Desire is going to start. 
It is part of a duo of games that were released originally in Polish back in 2020 and were specifically designed for one-on-one -on -one play. And they both have themes of love sort of in the story. And we're going to be playing the second from these Does Love Forgive one-shots called Mask of Desire, in which the investigator must help their friends resist dread temptation. It is a one-shot where the themes are mostly figuring out who you are and what price you're willing to pay to achieve your goals. It takes place in New York City. It's written to take place in September, but because this is a Valentine's Day one-shot, I've shifted it to February because why not? It doesn't hurt. And it takes place in the 1930s and the characters kind of revolve around the vibrant jazz scene that was very prevalent in 1930s New York. Interestingly, when you are going to make your character for this one shot, you're supposed to read a little bit of background information before you do it because there are two NPCs that are crucial to the story and your character is interwoven with them intimately. You are a group of friends, you are living together, and the exact details of the relationship are entirely up to the investigator and the player. So Lynn, I think this is a good time to talk about what was the relationship you decided to have with these two characters? Can you talk about the characters first? Yeah, sure. So there are two NPCs that you live with. One is Anna Conrad. She is 22 years old and she is a beautiful singer, beautiful young woman who is trying to make her way in the music industry. She has a great voice, but is very shy when it comes to interacting around people. When she's around you and the other NPC, Lucas Reston, she is much more herself and does not really get caught up in this lack of confidence, but she's working on becoming a little more confident in herself. And recently she has, through Lucas, gotten an agent and is going to be auditioning tomorrow night for a spot on a very, very prominent orchestra traveling tour uh, under Nancy Turner, a big artist at this time. So she has a big audition coming up tomorrow night. The other NPC is Lucas Reston. He is a rich boy from New York City, and he's basically been given everything on a silver platter his whole life. Everything was set up for him. Law school, the best societies, everything he could have had. And the expectation from his father is just that you're going to be a lawyer at our law firm, and that's just how it's going to go. But for the moment, Lucas has put that off and is pursuing his more artistic goals because deep down inside, he's a sensitive artist. Unfortunately, that's not how his life is going to play out. So he's been using his influence, connections, and money to help Anna try and get situated and get her chance in the music industry. So, what was your relationship with these two? Where do you fit into this as the third member of the crew? Yep. So, so we're roommates, and my thought was, well, my name's Judy. Judy! And I am a childhood friend of Lucas's, and we grew up together, and we kind of, like, met Anna through the scene and whatnot, but I am a, uh, a secretary for the law firm that his family works for. 
so I know him that way, but I really have a crush on him. And I'm also Anna's best friend, so it's kind of like a... Uh, Little love triangle going yeah, on? Yeah. Okay. Yes, because one of the details in this, and I think you're supposed to know going into it, is that Lucas seems to be in love with Anna. That's what I get, like, reading this. Yeah, so we have a classic love triangle going into this. Makes it a little fitting for Valentine's Day. And I guess with that, we can probably get started actually... Lynn, I would like you to talk a little more about Judy as a character. What, let's just say, what are your best attributes? Do you have any bad attributes? And, you know, what was your occupation? What kind of skills did you choose? You don't have to list them all, but give us an idea of who Judy is mechanically. We know she's a secretary at Lucas's dad's law firm, but... Yes, so being a secretary, I feel like well, some of my best things are listen, library use, which I forget what that one is. It's mostly what it sounds like. It's mostly about hitting the books. Um, you know, in the done. 1920s, where a lot of Cthulhu games take place, if you have to go get information, you're going to something like a library. Okay. And then um, spot hidden is pretty high on there. And appraise is really high. Appraise. Yes. And you did take, I did give you a little bit of a hint uh, you took another language. Yeah, Chinese. Chinese. And we decided that's because your dad is an international banker. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense, right? If if Lucas's dad is a rich lawyer in New York City, and you're in with that friend group, and you got a job at this law firm, you probably have, you know, your dads are friends, and they're both rich. So. Yeah. Cool. All right, so should we just get started and we'll find out the rest as we go? Yeah, let's do it. We see New York City's skyline in the 1930s. It is February and it is cold. There's a light snowfall going, but nothing is sticking to the ground. And we see cars, early cars, Model Ts and things like that, that are driving the streets while others are walking the sidewalks in heavy furs and trench coats and things like that. Everyone dressed to the nines because of the time, if you're going out. And it is a Friday night and we see Judy, Lucas, and Anna hop out of a cab on Broadway in the cold air of New York's Upper West Side. It is the weekend before Valentine's Day, and they hustle into the lobby of the Ansonia Hotel to be greeted by a doorman who smiles and ushers them to the elevator. It creaks, lurches, and begins to take them up to the top floor penthouse. Lucas assures Anna the new agent he set her up with, Emily Webster, knows what she's doing, and this party is going to be an amazing opportunity to make friends with some of New York's most esteemed members of the arts community. What is Judy wearing? What does Judy look like? Oh, so I've been thinking about this. I imagine it like our outfit that we wore to our murder mystery dinner. Oh, yes, we did do like a 1920s murder mystery dinner. <laughs> yeah, so literally that outfit. It's it's a sequence green dress. And let's just say I have like, because it's like winter, I have like a fur. Stole. Yeah. And I have the my hair up and that was like soft waves with the head sequence headband and the feather coming out and of course the high heels with it i feel like full as well. flapper full flapper you know fun fun look cool sounds good all right and yeah similarly anna is in a 
Nice dress, fits her figure, she is beautiful. You know, uh, your appearance stat, which again, we don't necessarily directly correlate to attractiveness, but it kind of is in Call of Cthulhu. You're kind of down the middle, right? 55? Yeah. Yeah. So like, you look fine. You're attractive. Anna steals the show. You know, she really does everywhere she goes, which only makes her more uncomfortable. She's in a simpler kind of dress and is just nervous to be going amid these people. And you can tell she's nervous. But Lucas turns to her and says, Don't worry, Madame de Tisson sells to everyone. My dad paid a fortune for a few of her pieces from the Far East. You're going to love it here. Anna gives you an uncomfortable smile, but composes herself as the elevator doors open into a foyer, and Lucas rushes out to knock on the double doors at the other end. The door is opened by a middle-aged woman with features too sharp to be considered conventionally beautiful, but she carries herself with a uncomfortable confidence and laissez-faire attitude. It's immediately a little jarring. She's wearing a golden threaded silk kimono over her evening gown, like a housecoat or robe. And instead of the trendy cigarette holder of the time, she is puffing at a long pipe that is emitting a strange, acrid smoke. If you have, I don't know if you do, if you have a science like Pharmacy or chemistry, you could try and identify the smell. Ooh, that's a cool feature. I do not have any of those. Okay, so that would mean that, unfortunately, you're rolling at the base chance, I believe, for this. So what is the number next to it say? 1%. Zero. One percent. Okay, so you'd have to roll a one on a D100. You I, could try if I'm you want. I'm going to try. Absolutely. Yeah, get, try. The, get the dice rolling for some... Before I do that, I just want to say I kind of like whisper to like Anna, like in her ear, just say like, why? I guess we didn't get the memo. (laughs) And that, I got a 75. 75. Okay. That is not a success to identify what she's smoking. She throws her arms out wide and says, oh, wonderful. New blood for the party. Welcome, welcome. We desperately need a bit more youthful exuberance in here. Come on, come on. Oh, Lucas, how's your father doing? And you must be Anna. Between Lucas and Emily, I'm starting to think you're already famous. But don't worry, dear. You're among friends of the arts here. And Judy, was it? Come, please, indulge yourself. Enjoy. You must take the tour. I didn't buy all these pieces for no one to look at. I just kind of smile, and that's it. She smiles back and says, Don't you worry, art speaks to everyone. And she takes Lucas by the hands and leads the three of you into her gorgeous New York City penthouse apartment in the Ansonia. She walks you past paintings, sculptures, works of art from all over the world. But clearly, her collection is dominated by art from Asia. There are Chinese porcelain bases, Japanese swords, colorful Indian fabrics, and most impressively, an entire wall of masks from cultures all over the world. Wood, stone, paper, clay, symmetrical Venetian masks, Greek death masks, long-faced African idols, Chinese opera masks, Japanese kabuki and no masks, and more. After 
letting you all take a look. She kind of stood back when she got to this wall and just studied you all looking at the masks. And she looks at you, Judy, and she says, You seem taken in. Is this an art you appreciate? Tell me, which of the masks is your favorite? Oh, wow. It's just so hard to choose from. They're just oh so beautiful. <laughs> I'm like trying not to cringe when I'm saying this to her. But I think like looking at these more when she says that, probably like the like the glass made ones that are like hand painted. Yeah, they. I mean, they're all handmade. These are all historical yeah. artifacts. Like they're actually very, very nice. Yeah. So you choose just, just one of them. Just oh, that one looks yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. I like the I like a porcelain, like very fragile one. Mm-hmm. Like it's just crazy to think that someone handmade this. She doesn't even respond when you start to talk about it and eventually get out your favorite, and she just smirks at you, and nods, and says, "Well, you've taken the tour. I hope something caught your eye here." And she says, "Now, let's go have some fun." And she walks into another room and there's a bunch of people, probably two dozen people at this party. And she says, more champagne, get more glasses. And basically you are now in the party proper. Among the crowd, you see artists, musicians, traders of art or antiquities dealers and others um, just kind of scattered making conversation A few that you immediately kind of clock are there is a man in the corner with a kind of studied, he looks like a professor or something, and he is rather loudly discussing secret societies and the history of secret societies in the Far East. And before you can really do anything, you see that Emily Webster, the agent that Lucas has hooked Anna up with, rushes over and goes, oh dear, you're here. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you made it. Please come here. I got some friends you need to meet. These men over here, big time important arts people. They got a lot of money. If you make friends with them, it's going to be huge. And she begins to drag Anna away from the two of you. Not the three of you. She just literally only grabs Anna. And when she does so and begins pulling Anna away, Anna looks at you with like an oh look. And Emily looks at Lucas with like a stay back look. I just uh, mouth to her, you got this. Nice. So yeah, you see this professor is talking. You look for Madame de Tisson again, and she has gone over to another corner where she is talking to a Japanese man. Um, who does not look like he's having the best time. He's kind of standing there trying to put on an air of enjoying himself. But if you'd like, you can make a psychology check maybe to see if you can read what his demeanor is. Okay. So I have a 30 in it and I roll D100. D100 and you want to roll under. Oh boy. 44. 44. So... You can, if you want to, spend luck to turn that into a 30, but it will reduce your luck score for the rest of this one shot. Up to you. Uh, no thank you. Okay. Is my luck at 99 right now? No, it is not. Oh, 
you should have a luck score. I think we rolled for it last time. Yeah, I have it here. Uh, you have 60 luck, Lynn. Okay. 99 would be bonkers. And then I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely spend those 14. No use. No, I'm going to wait. I don't know. I'm a little nervous. Okay. So yeah, you're still not sure. You're trying to get a gauge on that man. Um, and yeah, there's Lucas kind of just looks at you, hands you a champagne glass and just goes, yeah, all right. Well, let's go make some friends. I take a big old sip from that. Okay. Like any chance with him, I'll do it. Okay. Do you go with him for a conversation or do you kind of try and find yeah, a different I, circle? Yeah, I stick with him. You stick with Lucas? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to say that Lucas, not so deftly, tries to just kind of walk his way into the group that is having a conversation, basically like adjacent to where Emily has taken Anna, right? He's trying to overhear what's going on there. And it's just a bunch of men, mostly men, maybe a few women, and... Emily is basically tossing softballs to Anna to be like, tell us about what you feel about this. Like, how do you feel about this? And it's things she knows Anna cares about, you know, um, recent jazz artists and certain music scene related things in New York City that she can talk about and not feel as uncomfortable about. You can see Anna, she is holding the group's attention pretty good at what she's doing. If you want, you can roll another psychology roll to see if you can see how Anna's really doing. I got a 92. 92. Yeah, completely can't read her. And I'm going to say it's because you're distracted by the conversation you hear on the other side of you, which is this professor. And he's gotten into a little bit of a braggadocious discussion about... What's going on in Manchuria? So a little bit of context. At this time, Japan and China were at war, and it was a hot topic. And this man seems to be knowledgeable in these things, and conversation's getting a little heated. Do you want to hop into that conversation, or just kind of stay out of it? Um, No, I'll probably stay out of it. I'm kind of waiting. Yeah, I'll stay out of it. Okay, so as you're distracted from the conversation that Anna is having with these men around Emily Webster, and this professor is having a heated conversation about Manchuria and the the war in China right now, that conversation seems to have kind of struck a nerve, and you see Madame de Tisson trying to calm down this Japanese man that is kind of standing off on his own, like they're just the only two talking in their conversation group. Do you want to make a listen check to see if you can overhear what's going on over there? Absolutely. I have high listen. What's your listen stat? 80. Ooh, that's a good skill. Got a 55. 55 under 80 is a success. Ooh. So you overhear their strained conversation, and it seems to be regarding that political situation in Manchuria. The Tison says... I can't help it if I've had connections in China for a long time. The art dealers there and I have a very good relationship. And she calls him Tanaka. And this Japanese man is trying to maintain a level of calm that he is struggling to keep down his anger. And he says, but it is not China's to sell. 
this was a mask that belonged to my country, and we are under strict orders to return it. It was lost in Manchuria. It was not the place of the dealers there to sell it to you, madame. And the Tison says something like, I'm sorry, that's, that's business. I have receipts. Besides, I don't have it. I've already sold it. Please enjoy yourself. Damn. <laughs> it's getting heated over there. Yeah, certainly a little concerning. <laughs> I, I feel a little more uncomfortable now being here because I, I really don't really trust this lady at all. Yeah, she seems a little out there. Um, and she walks away from that conversation. She walks into another group and uh, she's carrying her pipe. She pulls out a little pouch and uh, begins asking, like she kind of like holds it out for everybody else to fill their pipes or roll a cigarette or whatever with it. And again, you get that kind of like pungent, ugh, this is not, that's not tobacco. You don't have chemistry or pharmacy, uh, which is understandable, but if you want, you can attempt to succeed on what is called a hard roll for no. No is just a general education roll, but because it is, it requires a hard success, that means you need to roll less than half of your education score to succeed. So what's your education attribute? Should be at the top of your character sheet. 65. Okay, so you would need to roll a 32 or less to identify what they smoke in. Yeah, well, I smell it again, and I'm like, what is that? <gasps> An 18. An 18, that is a success. Actually, is that a, what's the extreme? What's the number next to 65? I'm doing the math real quick. Nope, that'd be 13, right? It's 32 and 13. Yeah, so if you ever roll a 13 or lower, that's what's called a extreme success. Okay. But you did succeed at the hard no roll, and it comes back to you. You did some community college courses, maybe in, you know, secretarial work at, at the time, maybe typing, maybe, uh, you know, your accounting, the little bit of accounting skills you have. And you went to some crazy little college parties. This is, there is tobacco in there, but it's mostly opium. Damn. People getting fucked up. I mean, is anyone else smoking this or is it just her? Yeah, no, it's kind of, she's passing it around. A few people are partaking for sure. Okay. I'm kind of curious, where is Nancy in all of this? Uh, she's not here. She's not here She's yet. not at the party. Okay. She's holding auditions for her tour tomorrow night. Oh, tomorrow night. All right. Yeah. All right. Anna is going tomorrow to audition. Okay. Gotcha. So, as you come back from overhearing Tanaka and Madame de Tisson's conversation and see her passing out, you know, some, some good drugs for everybody to partake in... It's an arts party, right? Anna seems to be doing okay. Emily keeps kind of tossing her easy subjects for her to gush over so she's not out of her depth. And you catch Lucas, who has failed to get into that kind of circle, that conversation. And he looks he looks so jealous. I look at him and I know that face. I mean, I know him really well. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to kind of slide in. Um, I'd like to use my like fast talk and kind of like help talk up Anna and get Lucas in the conversation with her. Oh, with the group that yeah. Emily has made for around. Okay. Uh, so yeah, fast talk is typically about kind of distracting or talking too quick to like deceive somebody to get them to 
uh, admit something that they didn't realize they were saying or something like that. But you can definitely use it as an opportunity to open up a chance for Lucas to talk instead of Emily, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. Go ahead. Roll a fast talk. 41. Under? 45. Oh, you just made it. Nice. So you walk over and Anna says, oh, this is my best friend, Judy. Everybody, this is Judy. Do you have any kind of arts interests? I, uh... Mm. Your interest in the arts is your friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm interested in her saying and being happy for her. I yeah. don't know. That's really it. Pulling for your friend and... Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, she just kind of says, like, this is Judy. She's always been so supportive. And you use this as a chance to fast talk, deflect, and say, like, oh, well, I'm not the only one. Like, Lucas, Lucas, come here. And you get him in the conversation. And I know he's a, he's also a really good artist, too. And he doesn't really talk about it too much. And I'm like, oh, you know, he's actually a really good artist as well. And um, one day you should really look at his his work. Yeah, he does charcoal sketches. Both him. So at first when you pull Lucas in, Emily kind of rolls her eyes and tries to not look too upset about this. And Lucas gladly walks in to just be closer to Anna. And then you say, oh, he's also an amazing artist. You should check out his sketches. And both him and Emily are like, oh, this is about Anna. This isn't about me at all. This is a no. Listen, you want real talent. And you're like, they both start talking. But it all it opened up the conversation for Lucas to get in here. Goals. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> all right. And a little bit more time passes. Uh, the professor and that conversation kind of dies away. And you see him awkwardly sitting on his own and he goes to just kind of like take a walk go refill his champagne or something like that and he stops halfway between the living room where this party is happening primarily and the double door entrance that you came into this apartment from and you hear he calls out to the party goes are we expecting someone else and as soon as he says that just bursting through the door, like kicking the door in, is this man who looks incredibly disheveled, dirty. His fingernails are like grimy and his eyes are wild. Like he looks crazy at the moment. Like he's just raving. Like he's kind of like spittle coming out of his mouth. <laughs> Someone smoked a little too much. And you get that joke out and there's a few chuckles from the group around Anna, but everyone is immediately kind of on edge, like, uh-oh, what's going on here? And then all of a sudden this man is just like scratching at his neck. And he's like, it won't stop speaking to me. Why is it speaking? Why is it speaking to me? And he pulls a knife out from his waistband and starts waving it wildly. Wow, this just took a turn. Yep, you can roll a hard spot hidden to see if you notice anything about this man. What is your spot hidden score? Uh, it's a 75. And you rolled? A 91. Oof, <laughs> yeah. So that is, you'd have to take like almost 50, you have to take over 50 points to make that a success. Nah. Yeah, totally understandable. <laughs> So you don't immediately notice anything because you cracked a joke and then realized, oh, this isn't a joke as soon as he pulled his knife. Something is very wrong. 
And the professor is kind of in between the main party and this madman with a knife. And he kind of like takes a few steps back and he's like, oh, um, madame. And the man just like, madame, yes, yes. Where is the madame? Where is she? What are you? What did you sell me? Ooh. And the man is waving his knife and the professor backs into this room. And now all of a sudden there's just a madman in the doorway to this room where all of you are. And Madame de Tisson stands up and kind of like, doesn't even look all that perturbed. What does Judy do as he's closing the gap? I mean, I'm not that close to him. She's not overly concerned. So I'm assuming she has like maybe security here or something. I'm or kinda she's like, just super high. This is, this is true. I forget that's her mindset right now. I, I kind of turn to Anna and Lucas, like, uh, what are you guys thinking? Like, well, like, should we get out of here? So as you take a look at your friends and kind of go like, is there any way we get out of here? Roll me a luck check. I got a 58. Under 60? Yes. Good thing you never spent any points on your things because you just made that luck check. So you succeeded and basically what happens is he takes a few steps forward to basically just like try and grab somebody to like take them hostage like you could see that he was heading towards the group with Anna in it mm-hmm. and uh, the the line kind of closes and Madame de Tisson takes a few steps forward and she says Cal- calm down relax I, I'm not sure what you're talking about we're just trying to have a nice party here and like he's like just like scratching at his neck and he's just furious one of the men that is in the circle around Anna tries to use this distraction to like tackle him but the madman slashes his knife and gives him like a deep cut on his arm and this man is bleeding all over Madame de Tisson's living room now and he's like oh oh my god oh my god and he's looking down at his arm which is just bleeding profusely and one more time does Judy do anything or are you just um you don't have to I'm just asking well I think do. I'm getting like I'm now I'm getting nervous. I'm getting really concerned. I'm like, this, we are not in a good place. So <laughs> I do have a little handgun thing. It's a one shot little thing. And I. Yeah, you took a Derringer. Yeah, right? so I have my hand inside my purse holding it. And I'm kind of using my, my opposite hand to put Anna and Lucas like behind me and just say, stay here, stay, like, stay right behind me. Like, in case this guy charges us. Like, I'm trying to watch the scenario. I only have one shot. And obviously, I know he needs to get close enough for me to use it. So I'm kind of waiting for that moment at the same time. Okay. Roll me one more luck check. 70. Okay. So do you want to spend 10 points to make that a success? Or... <laughs> I see how this game plays now. Um... Yes, and the less luck you have, the less lucky you oh. are in the future. I mean, I feel like it's too early to use it. I don't know. I don't I don't know this game that well. So no, you know what? I'm not using it. <laughs> I love this. Just let the dice play it out. I'm not using it. Uh, okay, so with bad luck, I'm going to say that he does use this opportunity to look back at the group that the man just came from that dashed at him, and he's going to make his way towards you. Of course. Yeah, he's making his way <laughs> in your direction away from Madame de Tisson. All right. If he gets close enough... Are you going to take a shot? I am taking that shot. Okay, let's talk about firearms no. real quick. We're not going to do a full-on combat, because really this is not going to be a prolonged 
fight. This is mostly just about whether or not you get a shot well, this off. This is in like a combat. Oh boy. There is a combat. <laughs> All right. There is combat in this game. Typically, you don't want to fight much in Call of Cthulhu because the things you're fighting are likely more likely to drive you very insane. Okay. Um, but this is just a madman with a knife. So typically in combat, you just act in highest dex to lowest dex order. And I believe dex is your highest stat, right? Correct. What is the number? 75. Oh, you are much faster than this knife-wielding madman. So... You can act first as he makes his way towards you. You've prepared for this moment. Your mm-hmm. friends told, get behind me. Mm-hmm. So you are going to take a shot with your firearm. Okay. So there are a few things to take into consideration. You have a readied firearm. You knew you had it in your purse. You opened it up. You put your hand on it. You were ready in the instance that this exact thing happened. So you go very quickly and you wait for him to kind of close the gap. So he is within the range for your weapon. I'm going to even say it's point blank. You know, like he's right in front of you. Probably about as far from you and I are standing right now. Mm -hmm. Before you pull out your gun and pull the trigger. So you get to roll with a bonus die. So you're going to roll the D100 and you get to roll a second tens die. Okay. And take the lower of the two. Okay. What is your firearms skill? Uh, It is 40. Okay. So you're going to roll... With a bonus die. Go ahead. So right now it's 56. Okay, so you leave the 6 and just roll the 10s die again. 30. 36? Yes. Okay, so that is a success. So you successfully shoot this man uh, and deal your 1d6 damage. Go ahead and roll a d6 to see how much you hurt this man. Don't bring a knife to a gunfight. And don't bring either to an art party. <laughs> uh, ah. One. One point of damage? Okay, that's totally reasonable, though. One, he's a madman, and two, you weren't exactly ready for this. And the party kind of loses their shit at this moment, where this madman has been knifing, he knifed a guy, and there's a man bleeding, and Madame de Tisson is, like, casually walking towards him. And as he turns to you guys, this not-even-artist who's invited to this party pulls out a little derringer (laughs) and just shoots this man, uh, and we'll say that you just catch him kind of Where's somewhere one point of damage you think would make sense? Like, what's just a grazing hit kind of thing? I would say I hit his arm. Maybe I hit his arm with the knife. With the knife in it? Yeah, and he's just like, oh, and he drops the knife. And he looks at you, and all of a sudden he's like, what the hell? And everyone at the party's like, what is going on? And Madame de Tison uses this opportunity to walk forward at him. And in a low but very firm voice... She's muttering something to him in like a weird cadence. And she says, that's enough. Come with me. We do not need to let this go any further. And he, his eyes are wide looking at you. And he looks back at Madame de Tisson. And he looks back at you and Anna and Lucas in the party. And then he looks back at Madame de Tisson and never breaks her eye contact after that. As she just kind of like holds her hand out, puts it on his shoulder and leads him back through the doorway and she looks back at you and she says give us a moment we'll have this all settled what and about the guy hollering on the ground yeah like- <laughs> with this slashed arm <laughs> um she walks into her bedroom with this man and closes the door people begin administering first aid to this man wrapping his his wound right and not long after she takes this man into her bedroom 
Uh, does anybody, do you do anything with the knife? Do you just leave it there, like, let other people handle that? Like, oh. Um, I kind of want to, like, glance at it. Like, does it look weird or anything? Like, or is it, like, a standard butter knife? It looks like a kitchen knife, maybe, or, like, okay. you know, like a, like a chef's knife. Like a chef's knife, okay. I also, too, at this moment, like, want to, like, glance around to see, are there any other doors or windows in this place? Or it's just, like... Yeah, I mean, like, it, I'm imagining this 1930s, you know, hotel room that she lives in. Kind of mm-hmm. think only murders in the building. Okay. Like, how their apartments are, like, yep. very big. <laughs> like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. So, Madame de Tisson comes back out of her bedroom into the parlor and... She has a smile on her face. It's the weirdest thing. Like Everyone's like, uh, we should leave. We should get out of here. And she comes out with a smile and she says, don't worry about him. He's going to sleep it off. I've called an ambulance to have him taken away and have him taken care of. And she says, you can go in the ambulance as well if you need to, sir. And the man is holding his arm and he's just like, yeah, um, yeah, sounds good. And... She casually picks up the knife from where it was dropped. She's, like, holding it with just, like, a few fingers. And she's like, ugh. She just puts it on a table, uh, like, in her kitchen and just goes, So anyway, I think we need more drinks. Anybody else? Uh, yeah, I guess I need another drink. But can we find Emily and be like, what, what, where did, why did, what, why are we here? (laughs) Yeah, so, so while you, uh, kind of... Everyone's just kind of, like, letting normalcy kind of slowly seep back into the evening. It's gotten very strange. You look at Emily and, like, this is where you brought us? This is the party? And Anna's like, yeah, I have an audition tomorrow. Maybe I should. And Emily's like, this is exactly why we're here, though. She's like, these are the people that, if you get this audition, they're the kind of people who you go on this tour and you come back and they'll pay for you to play at their clubs. They'll You'll be set for life. You can record. You can do all these things. And... And it's like, yeah, but this is a little much. And when you look around, Lucas is not in this circle anymore. Madame de Tisson has, like, pulled him off to the side. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Okay, so are you going to attempt to go see what they're talking about? Absolutely. Or I can listen, like, nearby. Like, Yeah. So I feel like she's trying, like, to be secret about it. She is. None of that. So what I need you to do is I need you to roll a stealth check to... Ooh sneak and basically like you know around a corner so you can hear i ain't good at that what's your stealth it's 20 20 okay it's on the paper not super stealthy so go ahead and roll maybe i'm just like kind of we'll see no (laughs) oh wait no i'm not rolling luck no what'd you get i got 46 26 points it's not great but i'm not doing it yet i'm not doing it i refuse I refuse to do it. <laughs> Should I do it? You know what? Let's do it. No, no, I'm not going to do it yet. I'm not hidden. <laughs> okay. So you start to walk over and Madame de Tisson notices you making your way here. And she kind of like gives you a look. Like, how how dare you? And she takes Lucas into another room and closes the door. Ah, Rude. Uh, if you can, want, I listen uh, through the door. <laughs> I'll actually, yeah. So I'll actually say you can make a hard listen check here, but you also we're gonna treat this as a double check. I forget what they call this, but basically, 
it's a it's called a combine roll. And you're going to roll for a hard listen, but you're going to compare that number to both your listen and your luck score. Okay. So your listen is what? 80. Okay, so you want to roll 40 or lower. Oh. Um, okay. But go ahead and... Ah, uh, 96. 96. Wow. <laughs> Any other game, I feel like I'd do so well. <laughs> yeah, this is a roll under game, Lynn. Remember, golf rules. All right, I need these dice for another game. So that is not a fumble because your listen score is so high mm-hmm. and your luck. So normally, it's a thick door. <laughs> yeah, normally a 96 to 100 would be a fumble if your skill is less than 50, but you don't fumble. But because you failed at both the luck and the listen... Basically, what happens is as you continue to try and overhear this conversation between Madame de Tisson and Lucas, the professor comes over to you and unfortunately kind of just like distracts you by saying like, oh, excuse me, you're the one, you're the friend who had the gun. He says, normally I mm, would not thank anyone for bringing a firearm to a party, but I must say... I think that you saved us all quite a bit tonight. I appreciate what you did. You're welcome. I was not expecting to use that today, nor did I want anyone knowing I had that, but here we are. Well, given the socioeconomic problems over in Manchuria and Madame de Tisson's penchant for Far East antiquities and art pieces, probably best to travel with protection in these circles for the time being, but I must introduce myself. My name is Professor Kirill Neinhardt. I am a sinologist and professor at Columbia University. I specialize in Far Eastern languages and texts. I'm very interested in the region's occult practices, so Madame de Tisson often consults with me on pieces she brings in. Interesting. What kind of occult does she usually ask you about? Ah, well, you must remember that many of the artifacts and art pieces that come from the Far East, China, Japan, the like, they are old. And a lot of these practices are not things we typically in these days consider valid practices. But at the time, the rites and rituals and uses of these items were likely occult in practice. So often, the madame typically only uses it to, you know, bolster her appraisals and asking prices for these items. Are you asking if she has a certain preference for occult uses of items, or...? Yes. Not that I've found. In fact, she tends to prefer pieces that have historical ties to occultism... I think that she enjoys the danger of the potential of them more than anything. Are there any of these pieces here tonight? Of course. Uh, Many of the masks on her wall traditionally used in either funerary rites or even certain masks have religious ceremonies and things like that. Um, Yes, many of them were thought to grant power to people either in war or you know, to grant them safe passage to the beyond, things like that, yes. Hmm. Uh, Would you wear one of these masks that are on the wall? 
Uh, my sense of style ends at my bow ties. Not just for fun. I suppose so, but mm, okay. they're very expensive art pieces, so... <laughs> you just don't have fun with them. Not... <laughs> no. And at that point, Madame de Tisson and Lucas come out of the room. Luckily, he has pulled you a little ways away enough, and you two are engaged in a conversation that it doesn't immediately make them both look at you, like, seriously. But at this point, Madame de Tisson lets Lucas go, and Lucas walks by you and kind of gives you a look like, what was that about? And then he's like, I'm going to get Anna, we're leaving. And Madame de Tisson walks out to the party and throws her arms in the air and says, well, I don't know about all of you, but I think that's enough for the night. I'm done for the evening. Off you go, my darlings. Out, out. Shoo, shoo. Madam needs her beauty sleep. Yes, yes, let's go. Nope, no waiting. Grab your coats. Let's go. And she just kind of like starts ushering everyone out of this place. It's been like, like how long? Like an you hour? You guys have been here for a few hours. A few hours. Yeah. Okay. Conversations and music and like people were playing the piano and whatnot, but. I, I run to Lucas and like, um, what, what the heck was that about? What were you guys talking about? And he says, don't worry about it. Trust me. I'm just. Does he have the smell of that smoke on his breath at all? No, he does not smell like he did any of the opium, but mm-hmm. he just looks at you and he says, no, trust me. Um, my father's bought a few pieces from her in the past. Uh, you know, she has a reputation. I just thought I'd ask her a few questions. It's fine. Uh, after the craziness, I just checked in on her. And trust me, I just I have everyone's best interests at heart. As always. Okay. I mean, this place seems a little weird anyway, so let's get out of here. Yeah, he smiles and goes, let's. And uh, the three of you go back down the elevator and and exit, go back to your brownstone, and uh, basically just have a wild story to tell. And and yeah, you know when, like, after something crazy happens, at one point on the way home, Anna's like, Judy, you have a gun! Judy! And Lucas is like, yeah, what's up with that? And then, like, the whole conversation turns to you. Where they're like, uh, excuse me, what was that all about? And so we'll just fade out from there as the conversation. I feel like my character knows, like, nothing that's going on here. Other than, like, this place is just weird. His family's friends, like, his family's friends are just really bizarre and weird. I guess it's just a subculture that I don't know about. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, most of Call of Cthulhu, you're not supposed to come into these as, like, experts in the occult, right? Like, you're supposed to be just normal people who maybe through your occupation or what have you, skirt the fringes of weird stuff, and then the weird stuff happens to you and you're too deep into it to get out. So that's that's how the game works. I'm keeping my luck forever. You're playing on hard mode. <laughs> so the next morning comes, and whether it was too much champagne, the smell of that weird opium tobacco, or just the general absolute craziness of the party the night before... Judy, you are woken up by a knock at the door of your shared brownstone with Anna and Lucas. Apparently, you've slept in a little bit, and you're the only one home. I roll out of bed and grab my robe, and I just kind of wait a moment to see if it hear another knock on the door. We normally don't get knocks on our door, I feel like. Yeah, and actually there is. There's like a pretty quick succession. Knock, 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 knock. Okay. So I go to the door and I I open it. 
you see a scrawny looking delivery boy holding a box that's wrapped in brown paper and tied with twine. And he says, Morning, ma'am. Uh, I was told to deliver this to the concerned young gentleman who lives here. Uh, so here you go. And thank you. Have, have a good one. And he's holding it out for you to take. Oh, um, thank you. I will make sure he gets this. Okay. Uh, so you take the package from him. Uh, roll psychology if you'd like. I got a 19. Ooh, that's good. And I have a 30 in psychology. Okay, so 19 under 30 is a success. You see that the boy looks a little nervous, like just wants to get rid of it and hand it to you. Are are you okay? Yeah, uh, no, it's fine. There's a There's a filthy old bum down the street. He tried to snatch this package from me when I was walking by with it. It's like he was watching me, but uh, don't worry about it. I got it to you. It's all good, lady. Uh, do, you, do, do you normally deliver packages? Yeah, that's what I do. I, this is how I make... Oh, okay. Whoa. Who... Let me take a look at the package. Is there a from on it? Uh, you actually don't see any writing on it. Um, if you want to, like he pointed, he was like, some bum uh, over there just tried to take it from me. If you want to attempt a spot hidden roll to see if you can like peek out the door... That's up to you. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. What's your spot hidden? Oh, my gosh. I felt so confident in it because it was 75, but I got a 95. Oh, wow. You are. <laughs> you should try to swap out those dice. That is oh, a, wait, wait. I lied. I lied. I lied. I read it backwards. 59? 59. Okay, that's better. So that is a success. <laughs> so you actually peek your head out the door and see that there is a vagrant kind of looking man and he's hanging around the street corner kind of in between your street and an alleyway and as soon as he sees you poke your head out the door he ducks out of the way and is out of sight okay i uh i put the package down and i um kind of like get dressed quickly because i'm just so you've let the little kid go yeah i, I let okay. him go i just i'm like whatever at this point let's see what that the deal with the other guy is and I kind of want to, like, shake the box and whatnot. <laughs> shake the box? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I want to, like, put my ear to it. I want to listen to it. How heavy is it? Uh, when you put the box down on the counter uh, in, like, the shared kitchen or what have you, you see that Anna has left you a note. Oh. Uh, that says she's going to go for a long walk to clear her head after last night. Okay. Uh, she didn't want to wake you. And you actually find another note uh, from Lucas, and it says that he's been summoned to his father's law firm and will be back before lunch, most likely. Okay. Yeah, the package is just sitting there on the table. You shake it and it kind of, you know, something shakes around in there. Doesn't feel heavy, really. Yeah, what do you, what do you want to do with it? I feel like he needs this package because that kid was so nervous. So I'm going to make my way to give this package to Lucas. Since I am a secretary there. Okay, so as you go and you get yourself dressed because you're going to bring it into her father, his father's law firm, the house cleaner that has been appointed to clean this place from Lucas's father, because he's who really owns this place, shows up at the door. Her name is Mrs. Lennox. And she walks in and she goes, oh, you're up, you're going somewhere? Yeah, just going to uh, deliver this package. She uh, hangs up her coat and puts an apron on and she smiles at you. She goes, what, you deliver packages now? I thought you had a good... 
Well, no, no. I mean, this is for Lucas, but it just felt like it needed to get to him. So here I am. Uh, she gives you a look and she goes, well, be careful. Some kind of hobo uh, down by the down by the alley over there had the evil eye. Smelled real bad. Don't you worry, though. I threatened to call the police on him. Sent him on his way, but you never know if some weirdo like that's going to be lurking around. All right. Um, thank you. Thank you for letting me know. I think I, um, at this point, make my way to the bedroom really quick and I put one of my extra bullets in okay. my... Okay, uh, you reload your Derringer. Re- yes. Okay. <laughs> and I have that on me. Okay. So you're not going to open this package. You're just going to bring it to Lucas. Yeah, I don't think... I feel like that would be rude. So you make your way on your day off to the law firm that you work at. Uh, Mr. Reston's one of the lawyers of this law firm. And Lucas left a note that said he was called in. And you expect to see him there. It is a Saturday because you presumably work Monday through Friday and you know that Anna's audition is tonight for Nancy Turner's tour and orchestra and you found it weird, maybe a little bit, that Lucas said he was called into his dad's law firm on a Saturday and when you get there, Mr. Reston's not here and neither is Lucas. Ugh, my lover is lying to me. Your lover. Have we decided? I thought you just had a crush on him. Yeah, but you yeah. know, crushes. <laughs> yep, so he is not there. Uh, you have the package in hand. Actually, the law firm is pretty empty today. There are like a few paralegals and, you know, um, young lawyers who are trying to get a head start on their things working the weekend. All uh, right. So I, I just find that a little sus and I'll just go back home. Okay. You get back home, still not opening the package, just gonna. I am very curious at this point. I think especially since he lied in that note, I just find that really bizarre. And that kid was really anxious. Maybe I'll just open it a little bit. You could try. So you've spent some time going back and forth to the law firm. I'm going to say that it's probably getting close to lunchtime. Uh, So you can expect Lucas to be back soon. But um, let's see. Can you make me a luck roll, please? All right. 14. Wow. 14 under? 60. Okay. So a 14 under 60 is a success. So you pull the twine neatly so that way you're not ripping the package or anything like that. If you had to put it back together, you could. Uh, Beneath the brown paper, you find a wooden box and it's tied with a red silk ribbon. On the box's lid are several interesting... Well, actually, you would know this. Uh, they are Chinese characters, and you can identify them. And I'm going to give you a handout, Lin. So written in black ink on the box itself are those characters with a pencil notation in English at the bottom, a piece of paper. Do you want to open the box, or are you just going to... Uh, I, I want to try understanding this. Sure. Uh, Roll your language Chinese. Which I have a 55 in. I I got a 64. You know what? I'm going to use some luck. You're going to use nine points of luck? I'm going to use nine points of luck. To make that a success. Okay. It brings me down to 51. Yep. And so you can translate that. I will hand you this handout, which has some notes. 
love me a handout. How exciting. Okay. <clears throat> so. So when you translate it, it basically reads as information about what's in the package. The kanji basically describe where it's coming from, where it was shipped from, and what it is. And it says a prop coming from roughly the area that at the party last night seemed to be a contentious topic around the Manchurian conflict that is currently going on between Japan and China. Okay. I find that a little suspicious. <laughs> Everything about this game, Lynn, <laughs> is a little suspicious. I'm still learning this game. Yeah. Um, especially because I, I why, like, why would Lucas be getting a package like this? It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, you know what? Let's just get weird. Let's continue to open it. Okay, so you untie the red silk ribbon, and inside of the box is a piece of paper that is covered with yet more Chinese kanji, a short letter, and wrapped in violet silk, a mask. A mask made of white porcelain. The mask has an oval face, half-closed eyes, and very thin lips. The lips are half open, revealing fine black teeth. It's hard to determine if this face is male or female. And on the reverse side of the mask is strangely coarse and a little sticky. There's another symbol, this time drawn in red. You have succeeded at a language Chinese role, so I'm going to give you further handouts. So maybe start, can you read this? handwritten note that came in the box right there for us first of all i find it a little weird since this is the the mass that i thought was most interesting on the wall at madame de tisson's mm -hmm. so the note says it is best to make decisions quickly you have until tonight the high price the price is high but it's worth it and then it's just signed with the letter p and you would recall that Madame de Tisson's first name is Panthea. Yeah, I do. So. So you've got a few handouts there, mostly just Chinese writing. And due to your history with knowing how to read Chinese because of your father's international banking and you growing up, maybe you traveled back and forth or maybe he brought you things from China from his banking. For some reason, you have knowledge of Chinese. So you're able to translate these. Can you tell us what some of them say or what you think they might mean? There's a little tiny piece of paper in there. Uh, actually, that's what's carved, I think, on the inside of the mask. Oh, okay. And what does that say? It says blood. Blood. Now you said it was sticky. Is it red or brown? The Reverse, the inside of the mask mm -hmm. is just kind of coarse and sticky, like it would help adhere it to someone's face, maybe. Gotcha. And then the other handout has a bunch of characters on it that... Yeah, it's kind of not helpful. It's not like it's written in sentences. It's just kind of bullet. What is it? Yeah, so it says, to become, and then ability, possibility... Lack due to. I could be reading that backwards. Yes, maybe due to lack of an ability. Mm -hmm. And then also, there's a character. This character is also used to write down an OH theater. 
no theater. So that's a Japanese type of theater. Mm-hmm. And then the last piece is a few questions. It says a royal child, a child of a king, a child from a royal destiny. Interesting. Okay. So you're not really sure how these all play into one another. I will say out of game, you and I recently watched Blue Eye Samurai, Mm -hmm. which is an awesome show on Netflix. If anybody in the middle of this episode needs something to go watch soon, highly recommend watching that show. When I described this mask, and it is a porcelain mask with the lips slightly open and black teeth, immediately when I read that, it reminded me of Blue Eye Samurai. So, again, recall that last night you overheard Tanaka, the Japanese man at Madame de Tisson's party, and Madame de Tisson talking about the conflict in Manchuria, and Tanaka seemed upset that she had sold something that he said was not China's to sell. So, what do you want to do? You now know what's in this box. You are probably expecting Lucas back soon. All right, I feel like it's, you know... Starting to come together? I feel like I'm going to be our child right now in the car seat, telling him, don't press the button in the car seat. He still does it. (laughs) And and what I want to do is, you know, in my head, telling myself not to put this mask on, but I'm just going to, (laughs) like, try it on for a second. You're going to put the mask on? I just want to see what it looks like, because I thought that was, like, the most interesting mask. (laughs) You went from playing this campaign so cautiously to just being so ridiculous. Okay, here goes. You go to put on the mask, and it feels rough on your skin, on your face, but it doesn't do anything. You pull it away from your face and once again see that note inscribed on the inside of the mask for blood. Interesting. I will put it back in the box with everything very neatly. Tie it back up the, all. Yep, the red. Put everything back the way it was. Yep. So I'm going to say, roll me another luck check. And then if you succeed on this, Lucas isn't home yet. If you fail on this, Lucas is walking in the door. I succeed. 35 and Under 51 now. 51, yep. Okay. So you have a little bit more time before anybody's coming home. You've neatly wrapped it up. I was going to say, if you failed that, he walks in as you're like wrapping it back up. But you've wrapped it back up. I'm going to ask you, uh, do you wait for Lucas to come back home? Or do you maybe want to go ask Madame de Tisson, uh, you know, why did you get this package? Or talk to maybe the professor. You know, he works at Columbia University. Um, Like people who might know about these things. Or just wait. I feel like it's not my business and I'm going to pretend like it's, I don't know anything. Okay. So I'm, I'm just going to casually, what do you Wait do in that see. time? Smoke a cig and just look out the window. <laughs> Pull yourself a little, uh, yeah, gin Ricky. And... A little Cosmo. Okay. <laughs> what time was it? 10 a.m.? <laughs> I don't think a Cosmo was invented yet. Oh. Um, but you get your cleaner. Uh, and actually, sh- maybe you did this like in your bedroom so the cleaner yeah. is not watching you like with this weird Japanese theater mask. Um, okay. So, yeah. So shortly... Thereafter, uh, Lucas returns, and where, what have you done with the package? Do you just have it on like the table, just waiting? Yeah, I have it on the table, and I'm waiting for that, like the door to open. Yep. And I kind of he walks yeah. in looking a little frustrated. Uh, oh, Lucas, you okay? How was your day? You got a package, by the way. 
Yep. And you know, he didn't go where he said he was going. So he's just kind of like, yeah, uh, just a little stressed about Anna's audition tonight. And, and he looks at the table and he sees the package and he's like, great. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And he grabs a package and goes, um, I'm going to be busy today, but we're, we're going to meet up at the audition later. Yeah. Um, great. Yeah. I'm going to, all right. I'll be, uh, I'll be in my room. I got some things to do. I just, lots going on. Okay. All right. Just, just let me know if you need anything. Yeah. And he's already all the way there and he like closes his door. You can tell that he is on edge. I want to listen through the door to see if I can hear him say anything out loud. Okay. When he opens the package. So as you go and you start to listen at his door, uh, the door opens again and Anna comes home and she walks in. Right as, like, Lucas is, like, close the door and you run forward to listen. And she's like, Judy, what are you doing? Oh, I, I was, Lucas was just a little upset. I was just making sure he was okay. But everything's oh, what's, fine. What's wrong? Is he? I don't know. He just, he had to work today. It's a Saturday. So it must have been something weird at work. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope, you know, I hope he's not having a rough day. I'm well, just nervous. I'm nervous, trying nervous to... about you, so. Yeah, I'm just trying to clear my mind, you know. Are you Okay. Yeah, last night was a little weird, but, um... Little? Little bit. That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And yeah, I, oh, I shot someone, so... I'm glad you... Yeah, <laughs> I've never done yeah, that before. Yeah, I, I'm having a hard time putting that, uh, you know, past me, behind me, too. That was kind of crazy, Judy. But, you know, so why they call yourself. me Crazy Judy. That's why they... <laughs> yeah, that's your nickname. <laughs> crazy Judy. Let's just get you ready for tonight. Yeah, so basically, if you... So you're not going to tell Anna about the mask. No, I'm going to keep that to myself. Okay. You're leaving Lucas to do his thing. Um, do you want to, like, interrogate him or, like, confront him about it? Or are you just going to let him do his thing, catch up with him at the audition later? You know what? He did have that conversation with um, Madame as well. So, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be like... What what was that about? <laughs> so so you like draw up a bath or something to keep yeah. Anna uh say like you relax and get ready for tonight and like while she's doing that you're gonna knock on Lucas's door or something and try and get him to talk. Yeah. Uh you knock on his door and you hear him say like Not now, I'm busy. I'm busy. Uh I'll you know, we can catch up later. I just open it. Okay, you barge into his door. Uh and you see that he has the mask in hand and he quickly just like behind his back, puts it on his bed and turns and look at you, looks at you and he's like, what's wrong with you? Don't you have any privacy? What's what's going on? That's what's wrong with you keeping weird secrets and packages. And what the heck was last night about? What were you we talking about? He's like, I told you, don't worry about it. I have everybody's best interest in mind. You don't have to question me about everything. Uh, yeah, I can when there's a guy running at me with a knife and I had to that shoot him. That had nothing to do with me. I thought it was taking us to a nice party. Well, it wasn't nice. And I I have a feeling you're just, something's off. Um, I know you. We've been best friends. I shouldn't say best friends. Yeah. We've been childhood friends for a long time. I know you. Can you roll me your choice of any of like the social skills, charm, persuade, intimidate i don't think fast talk really applies here even though it's the one you took do you have any of the other ones no i have psychology no i do not i'll let you roll fast talk 
to see if you can get him to admit that he has the mask before, uh, like before he realizes what he said. It is going to be a, you need a hard success. Well, I'm going to use, it's a 45. I got a 47. So I'm going to use. You would have to use 25 points of luck. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Which you bring you down to 36. But it is a one shot. It's like you need to hoard these. I know you want it to play on hard mode. All right, fine. I'll go down to 36. Wow. Okay. All right. So he looks at you and he says, all right, but don't tell Anna, okay? Like, I, we've known each other a long time. You know, I just, I don't want to be a lawyer. I just think that there's so much power in the arts, right? And I think that, I think there's magic in it. I swear. I, I know you think I'm crazy, but, and he like pulls the mask out from behind him and holds it out. And he says, uh, Madame de Tisson sent me this. Uh, it's supposed to help Anna with her audition. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, anything I could do to help help her, you know? You expect Anna to wear that on her face? Well, it doesn't. What Madame said is it doesn't look like this. If it's If it works like it's supposed to. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. But How do you make it work? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, that's why I'm here. I'm reading it. I'm trying to figure it out. I might go talk to the madame soon and see if she can give me any more advice. Because last night kind of got cut off, you know, because of the craziness. Let me take a look. Let me take a look. And he's like, no, no, I don't want you to get involved in this, Judy. You don't need to, you don't need to look at this. Lucas, you know me better than that. I believe you if you believe this. I, I don't know. I mean, there's some notes in here. I don't know. I got to go. I think I got to go talk to the madame or uh, maybe that professor guy who was talking last night. Somebody who can read these characters, figure out what it says. I, you know, I know Chinese. Let me take a look at it. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. And so eventually you you convince him to um, let let you see the papers. And I play dumb. Okay. And I'm just like, I, I think this says blood. Um. You know, I, I I go over the characters again. Mm-hmm. But now going over everything again kind of has me wondering a few things. I mean, I do have high appraise. And I'm, I'm just, like, curious about the worth of this and, like, how much he spent on this for Anna. I'm just curious about that. You can you can roll appraise. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to do that. Yeah, no. Nope. No. Then I got an 83 and I got a 61 in appraise. Okay. And you're not going to spend the... No, 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 no. It's not worth that. Okay. But... So, yeah. So, you're not really sure what this would go for. Uh, you know Lucas has money. His dad has money, but... Yeah. Lucas, why why would this say blood on there? Listen, old stuff like that, a lot of these magics, they require something like that, like a catalyst is what I've seen it called. Is this like a one-shot deal or can we try it on you right now? I don't know. You I don't, You want me to try it? I don't think I should. All right. If you want to go to the professor, I'm, gonna, I'm coming with you. You're not going to try and like convince him to return it or anything like that. You're just going to no, let this ride. No, I believe Lucas. I mean, I I have a crush on him, so this of is true. I'm going to believe him. This and is be true. Like, it, you know, as much as I, as I don't want him to do this for Anna, I'm also Anna's friend as well. He looks at you and he says, you know what, if we're going to see if Anna wants to do this. Maybe I maybe I should try it first, right? Yeah, let's, let, let's do it. Let, uh, let me go get a knife. Okay, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> jeez. We need to cut him somewhere. Okay. 
on his nose no on his finger you know what's so know. funny is so much of this is like obviously the the game does not expect you to like want to put the mask on <laughs> so it's so funny it's like all, everything in here is just like they could try and snatch it away they could try and bring it back and you're just like put it on do it <laughs> you're like the palpatine of uh pcs in this do it all right let's see it actually even does say that you know, he may yield to temptation and attempt to wear the mask himself. So let's go ahead and see what happens. Dun, dun, dun. So you return with a knife and tell him that you think that the note blood on the inside of this mask is the catalyst it requires to maybe work if this thing is actually magic. What is the end goal of, goal of this game? Dude, Just curious. honestly, you are so far from <laughs> the intended path of this game, and I'm loving it. So, do you do this? You help Lucas put some of his blood on the inside of this mask? Yeah, and... I do. Okay, okay. Uh, so, Lucas puts on the mask, and this time, unlike when you just held it up to your face and it didn't stick because there was no blood, this time... The blood appears to work. The mask on Lucas's face sticks and you see him kind of like shake and he's a little nervous because the mask begins to like melt into his face. And all of a sudden you can barely see a faint seam around his face and just under his chin where this mask has become part of Lucas's face and his eyes are closed as if he's listening to something and he opens them and all of a sudden Lucas looks a little more confident or just a little more something about him is different and he smiles at you and he's like did it work did do, do you feel okay I feel great I... and he stands up and he's like I have to go talk to Anna Wait, wait. The, this is going to be incredible. Can I just touch your face? And he goes, uh, yeah, sure. The, Why? Is it hard? Like, this is nope, just, it I don't even like see his, it anymore. Yeah. And he's like, it really? Just and he like, looks, he looks in a mirror and he's like, this is incredible. It works. Roll sanity. I think that this is messing with your head. Uh, so roll and compare to your sanity score. I got a 35. My sanity is 55. Okay, so you succeed. I think you're going to take one point of sanity damage anyway. Um, just because this is very not normal. <laughs> nah. And a little concerning. So he gets up and he walks out of his room and will say that in the time it took you two to go over what was in this, what was in the package in the box again, and... Anna is out of her bath and is walking around the apartment trying to figure out what she's going to wear to the audition. Lucas starts talking to her and you immediately clock. He's clearly been into her for a while, but he still talks to her like a friend, right? Like a supportive friend and doesn't want that to be eclipsed by coming onto her or making a move in a way that would ruin that. Now he's just like, He's just different, uh, and he's talking a lot more smoothly to her, and like he's got game now a little bit in a way that he didn't before, and he's just much more confident in his potential, you know, making a move. Oh man, I find it sexy and disturbing and 
Ugh. Yep. And also, you look at Anna, and Anna is clearly distracted by this. It is not helping her pre-audition nerves that Lucas has chosen right now to, like, be a little more forward and distract her like this. I turn to Anna, and I, I show her this dress, and, like, this was, go put this dress on. Okay, so you guys go and do that. And Lucas looks at you, and he smiles, and, like, he's like, this is amazing. He goes, when you're done, come help me take this off. We're going to give it to Anna for tonight. She's going to, it's going to help her a lot. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'll, I'll be there in a minute. So you go, and you help Anna into her dress. Get her all set up. And then you go back out, and Lucas is waiting for you. He's called, he tells you he's called Emily Webster. Everything's ready to go. Uh, we're skipping quite a bit of stuff here, but we can pretty much head right to the audition from here if you want. Lucas is going to, he asks you, all right, help me get this off. I, I think we should talk to Anna, tell her to put it on. Like, you wouldn't believe how incredible this feels. There wasn't any instructions uh, how to take it off, only how to put it on, and I don't even see it on you. Do you, do you feel it, like, where and the grooves are on your like, I, I don't even under... Yeah, I don't know, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you broin'. <laughs> 1920s broin'. Um, you do see the, the faint line. Like, you can almost see it. It's like a very fine crease, but it otherwise just looks like a little line in the skin. And he, like, grabs it and he's like, yeah, I feel it right here. Um, he goes, help me take it off. And I'm going to let you roll for Lucas's power here. Okay? Because he has to succeed at a power check to take this off. 48. Lucas's power is a 40. He uses some luck. He doesn't have luck. Oh. Can I give him mine? You can give him yours if you want. Otherwise, you're going to have to, like, yank this off of him. This is going to take his face off? Um, I... Do you use I, eight I, points of your luck? No, I'm going to try ripping it off with him. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, Lynn, I need you to roll an extreme success on strength. What is your strength score? My strength is a 55, and I got a 22. You need to reduce that to... You need to use 11 luck points to rip this off his face. Uh, or you can use 8 luck points to help him succeed on the power check. Sounds stupid. It's up to you how you want to do this. All right, I'll use 8. Okay. I will say, probably the right call there, uh, just so you know. What am I at? I'm at 36. Oh my goodness. So you're down to 28? I said I wasn't going to use my luck. What, what's happening here? <laughs> it's getting nuts. You put on the evil mask on this demon, <laughs> and you pull it off of him, and for a second, uh, because of that like nervousness, and he was like, wait, no, and like you start, you, you like get your fingers underneath it, and you start pulling it off, and he's starting to pull it off, and then you hear him and he whispers and he's like wait no no i i want it and like he fights you for a second and you're like lucas this is for anna and he's like okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. but like as soon as you're starting to pull it and you see that it's not letting go of his skin like you pull for a second and it's about to yank his skin off until he goes okay 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 Ew. and then it lets go and it's almost like suctioning and Big. and it pops off of his face without ripping his skin imagine off. if like degloved uh Gosh. That is legitimately what it says. If you <laughs> fail the power and succeed at the extreme strength, you rip someone's face off. Ah. <laughs> so messed up. And now he Happy wants... Happy Valentine. And now... <laughs> and now he wants to give this to Anna. 
Uh, uh, he loses. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that now. Lynn, can you roll 1d4? He's going to lose 1d4 okay. sanity points. As he should. Just one. Just one sanity point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a little shaken by this. A uh, little. Yeah, why don't you lose another sanity point <laughs> as well? Uh, yeah, you can you can fairness. roll You can roll sanity to see if... I'll roll it. Yeah. I'm like really creeped out by that, I feel like. I, of course, I got four. <laughs> yeah, because uh, yours is a little more like, am I going to give this to my best friend? Like, what the... F-? So, we fast forward to the audition. Who's holding... I, I think Lucas is holding the mask. Sure, that's that's fine. But I am right next to him because I want Anna to know all the details as much as I know about this mask because that was gross. Yeah, you guys arrive. It is late afternoon. Auditions have been going like all day for not only the musicians that are going to be part of the orchestra, but for singers and things like that that are going to be touring with Nancy Turner. And you arrive at the Manhattan Room. Hotel Pennsylvania, 401 7th Avenue. Lynn, you'll appreciate this. Made famous a few years from when this takes place by Benny Goodman and his orchestra. Oh. Yeah. Fellow clarinet player, my wife here. (laughs) So the late afternoon sun in February is already low in the sky. And you all arrive in the ballroom here. It's hazy with smoke from the many musicians waiting anxiously and smoking their cigarettes. And music can be heard coming more clearly as Judy and Anna and Lucas find seats at tables off to the side where musicians are waiting with numbered slips of paper to go up on stage at the far end of the room when they're called up. You've been doing your best to keep Anna calm. And she's sitting there and she's tapping her leg and she looks nervous and she's listening to all the other musicians And you know that normally when she gets on stage, she's pretty good. But her nerves are clearly up right now. Not only that, she clearly feels uncomfortable with Lucas now because of the change in his behavior at the brownstone. So she looks a little distracted. You look at Lucas, and Lucas gives you a look. And maybe the two of you have kind of gone back and forth on this a few times already. but. He says, Anna, I have something for you. I think it'll really help with you in this audition. It sounds crazy, but I promise it'll it's going to make all your dreams come true. And he pulls out the mask. Do you let her take it? What uh, do you do here? Man, this is this is a struggle. Um I ask her, do you remember when Lucas was acting not himself earlier. You know, a little forward. He looks kind of like, what are you talking about? Like at you. Mm -hmm. And Anna says, yeah, but I just assume we all have a little bit of nerves. Well, it might have been this mask. Um, You know what? It wasn't my, it it was this mask. What are you talking about? I, I have to go up on that stage in a few minutes and sing. And you guys are really getting in my head right now. You're freaking me out. And I'm going to let you decide. I, I, I'm i going to be straight up for you. There's weird things in the world. And I just witnessed that today. And I, I don't know how I feel about it. This mask would take all those nerves away. But I feel like there's something else attached to it. It's up to you. It's up to you. You could also tell her, I mean, you 
Maybe. Do you think she needs it? I'm not going to tell her to put it on. Do you want her to put it on? No. So Anna's going to... You just told her it'll take all of her anxiety away and her nerves away. So she looks and she says, well, I mean, that can't hurt, right? But when I look ridiculous, I don't know. And she reaches across the table and she's going to grab it. Well, you couldn't see it on Lucas earlier. Do you want to take it from her instead? Or maybe try and convince her, you know what, stop. This is bad. This is, Don't do this. I don't know if this is bad or not. I don't, it just is, you know what, Anna? This is going to help you. Oh my God. Let's put it on you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you just, you flipped the table I, of this one shot in such a hysterical way, Lynn. I'm sorry. No, it's funny. It's fine. That's what happens. Hey, you never know what's going to happen. And as a first foray into Call of Cthulhu, I think I want to play more, more Call of Cthulhu with you, Lynn. <laughs> I feel like I should have watched a video or two. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and by maybe, I mean sure. I I have to stop assuming everyone watches and listens to as much RPG content as I do. Okay, uh, so you help Anna put the mask on? <laughs> oh my god. You guys see her put the mask on. And just like Lucas, her physical appearance doesn't change very much. It's mostly just her personality. She seems so much more confident in herself in a way that you've always known she very reasonably could be, but now it's just she knows how good she is, you know? And in a way, that's very heartening to see. But go ahead and roll 1d4 for me. She's going to lose this much sanity. Three. Okay, she loses three sanity points. As you can tell... Much like Lucas, when she puts it on, her eyes are closed, and she kind of like cocks her head like she's listening to something, and she opens her eyes, and something is funky. But she looks great, and she looks like she's ready to crush this performance. I feel like this is Christina and Burlesque right now. <laughs> what a reference for 1920s Cthulhu. Well, you know, just yeah, yeah, yeah. switch out the scene. Yeah. So... Anna has put on the mask and goes up when her number is called, and she crushes it. You actually, this is the only situation where you don't have to roll to see if she gets in. She just straight up gets in. Uh, she is outstanding. Nancy Turner offers her a spot on the European tour, and the whole band is awestruck by her talent. When she comes off the stage, Emily Webster is on the sidelines and she's so happy for Anna. And Anna goes right to her and says, like, we're going to do great things, honey. And Emily's like, I already knew that. And you and Lucas are standing on the sidelines like, awesome, sweet, let's go. And Anna looks at you too. And she says, uh, you were right. I feel great. I don't feel nervous at all. I, even after that performance, I think... I could probably... I'll be the next Nancy Turner. She'll be opening for me on the next tour. It's going to make all my dreams come true, right? And she looks at Lucas, and Lucas is like, yes! And then she's like, thank you. She, She's not taking the mask off. All right, Anna. Um, let's, let's get back home and uh, help you get situated. So as this celebration is happening, as you guys are, like, happy for her, but, like, uh, we got to talk about... The mask in the room here, mm -hmm. right? 
Roll a spot hidden check. Spot hidden check. Oh. What's zero, zero, zero? No. <laughs> no. Did you really? I am rolling so high with these dice. That is a critical fumble. Oh my gosh. From the Keeper rulebook, it says, A fumble simply means something really bad occurs. Something worse than a straight failure. <laughs> I think... Okay, here's what happens. Is you fail to spot the Japanese bodyguards that are coming in to this orchestra room. Okay. I was just in awe of her singing. Yep, and, um, <laughs> oof, I think that... Oh, no. This was like a whole side plot line that you might have gotten information on if you checked in with other NPCs again about the mask, but you didn't. You I'm just, sorry. No, it's okay. You just chilled with Lucas, and you guys were like, <laughs> fuck yeah, let's use this mask. So they just sneak into this room, and they have a little bit of information on you guys because... Mr. I'm going to get Tanaka, murdered. <laughs> because Mr. Tanaka uh, saw you all at the party, and he's been following people ever since from Madame Tissons. You don't realize it, but before you know it, Japanese bodyguards just come out of nowhere and just club Lucas over the back of the head, and he goes down, crumples, and the other one grabs Anna. And the, the other one who just took out Lucas, like, flips him over and starts, like, feeling at his face, and you're standing there. Holy moly. Um, I try to get Anna away from the guy. Like, I grab her hand and try to get her so we can run away. So, one of these bodyguards has Anna in his hands. Do you want to attempt a sh contested strength check to pull her out of his grasp? <laughs> yeah, I do. Do you? Okay. Uh, I'll roll for... Actually, you're just going to roll against his strength and your strength. So, uh, go ahead. I got a 49. My strength is a 55. Okay, and I'm going to roll his strength. A 58 under 60, which I believe in the combat rules. Let me double check. I believe he's going to win because his margin of success was smaller than yours. It says, in the case of a tie, the side with the higher skill wins. And so his skill is five higher than yours, Lynn, unfortunately. Okay. So you fail to get Anna from his grasp and now the other one is just like scratching and clawing at Lucas's face and he doesn't feel anything. How many men came in? From what you can see it's only these two. The only the two. Okay. I'd like to use my fast talk in a way to say that I have the mass at home or something. Like or on I don't want to say I have it on me cuz they're going to attack me. Um I'm going to say it's it's in a box at home. You can attempt it. Uh, you're going to need a, I'm going to say hard success to succeed at this. We were afraid to use it and we just left it in the box at home. And Let's see. Let's see if it works. Oh my goodness. I'm afraid to even say. I don't even want to say it. Is it, it can't be another 100. No, it's not 100. It's 92. Okay. Well, that's not a fumble, but it no. is a failure. And... Uh, they actually... I'm not very good at this game. I think you're great at this game. I think the dice aren't helping. It's hysterical. Uh, they look at you and they say, It's not in your house. We know. Who has it? 
Can I pull out my handgun and shoot the guy that's holding Anna? <laughs> <laughs> now you're not great at this game. But sure, uh, yeah. Um, I tried the fast talk. What other options do I have here? So, stepping out around the two goons is Tanaka, who you saw at the party. And he says, we know you have the mask. Who has it? Hand it over, and we'll let you walk away from is this. Is it money that you want? I'll... Lucas has money. We want the mask. Why? Because it is important to our country. Well, we can get it to you. Just just cool your jets, and we'll... we'll I, we will get it to you. Just give us a moment. We'll go into this little room right here, and we'll get it to you. Just give it... Give us, like, five minutes. We're not letting the three of you out of our sight until we get the mask back. We know you have it. Okay. Okay, I understand. I understand. Anna's looking at you and, like, Mm-mm-mm. she's shaking her head, giving you, like, the no. Don't say anything. But at this point, do you... There's nothing we do. Anna, you're going to have to trust me. And I go to her, and I know where I need to pull it off. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm trying to pull it off. I'm so afraid. Okay. So you're going to need to make a power roll for Anna. <laughs> want me to do it? Yeah, I want you to do it. Her power is 50. It's a 69. Nice. <laughs> can I try? You can use 19 luck points to <laughs> get her to succeed. Or do you want to rip it off her face? No, I'll use 19. So you're down to what? Seven points. Of I'm luck? at twenty-eight. Okay, so you're down to nine points of luck. You are your luck has almost run out. A cat with one life left. Yep. And <laughs> so you do this, and Anna's like, "No, no, don't do it!" And you like whisper in her ear, and you're like, "We're gonna die if we don't. So shut up." <laughs> I tell her, very calmly but sternly, "We are going to die." If we don't get this mask off your face, let me help. But I need it. I need it. It's what got me this. You don't need this. This was just the proof to show what you are and who you are. You don't need it. She's like, I don't know. It's not I don't know. We're doing this right now. All right. So you pull and similarly to Lucas, it starts to peel and pull at her face but she yields with the luck that you have used. And it comes from her face. This porcelain Japanese theater mask. With its open eyes and its black teeth. And she, Anna looks at it almost longing. She's like, no, 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 no. And you're holding it in your hands. Imagine if I dropped it and it broke. <laughs> No, I won't do that. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so do you hand it to Tanaka? I... Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't want to die, and I don't want my friends to die. And it's not worth it over this. Okay, just for fun. Just for fun. Roll luck with your nine luck. <laughs> Let's see if you get a nine or lower. Okay. dun 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 yeah, no. I guess 61. Okay. Do I get a reroll, Mulligan? No, you do not get a reroll <laughs> on a Mulligan. So you hand the mask over, and 
he looks at you and he holds it and one of the other bodyguards like produces like silk and like they wrap it and they place it like very carefully in another box or something and place it in a bag and they look around and one of them like draws like a short sword and like kind of like points it around and everybody in here and you forgot you're at a audition like there are musicians <laughs> and people here and everyone's like what the hell is going on and they casually walk out of this ballroom and nancy turner looks over at anna and is like uh i don't know anymore about this you are a little too uh you might be a little too dangerous to bring out on the road and anna's like no no no, i can do it uh i'm that was the luck check uh it was actually a combo of a luck check uh, because Anna is now unfortunately going to lose this opportunity. She is so mad at you guys uh, about using this mask. Lucas is getting back up from being unconscious. I feel like a failure. And he's like, what happened? <laughs> and everything is coming out. The police arrive. and they The say, police? Yeah, and they say, like, we're looking for three, <laughs> three Japanese men uh, seen fleeing the scene of a murder. At the Ansonia Hotel. And you find out that they killed Madame de Tisson. And <gasps> they killed her? <laughs> yeah. If you, went no. to go, if you went to go ask her questions, you might have been able to find her before they killed her. But I feel like we need her. a redo of this game. Yeah I, can, yeah. I I feel like I play this game so wrong. Dude, every decision you made, I just sat here going, okay. <laughs> I am so sorry. The silver lining in all of this is that... Lucas did not go crazy and did not, you didn't rip his face off. <laughs> Anna yeah. knows deep down she can do this and you did not rip her face <laughs> off. Um, the temptation of the mask is no longer here. That's maybe a good thing. But I will say that uh, I don't think, I don't think it's a lovey, happy ending. I don't think you end up with Lucas. I think that this friend triangle I'm probably kicked out of the apartment. It's I don't know. Strained. Or <laughs> something happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, we'll leave the epilogue for later. But I feel like I can't be trusted to do a one shot with just one person. Like one, I, 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 my mind is just too chaotic. One, so I apologize. You are a very chaotic. I, I player. think too much. We said this in the uh, one last quest one shot. Like if you were in the DMs after dark, you'd one thousand percent be team chaos with the blisses. <laughs> Um, but I think that was fine. I mean, please, listeners, let me know if I goofed terribly on any of the rulings, but I think that this was a very mechanics light one shot. I do got to say, Call of Cthulhu, uh, what, how do you say it? Call of Cthulhu. Love it. I love this paper. I love the mechanics. Yeah. And I, I really am looking forward to playing another game using these mechanics because that was, that was a lot of fun. I legitimately, I knew when I pitched this to you that you would really like Call of Cthulhu. It is very up your alley. You like a lot of supernatural um, ghost kind of, you know, horror, but not like horrifying stuff, right? Like you like. Yeah, no, I, 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 I would even play this same one shot again or another one of this yep. was great. I yeah, we this. can we can try the other one. Maybe me and you off mic. And, uh, <laughs> and also I think, yeah. Maybe this might be a little teaser for the future. I would love to run a Delta Green scenario and do like three or four sessions with a group of people and play some of that. And that uses the same rule set. It's just modern day. 
and a little more psychologically uh, messed up. Kind of like Black Mirror? Kind of more like uh, True Detective Season 1 or... Uh, do you remember that show we watched on Netflix, Archive 81, where the guy like fixed old tapes yeah. and something came out of Yeah, yeah. That's legitimately like a Delta Green scenario. That but, sounds great. Yeah. Well, thanks, Lynn. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> you didn't rip faces off. No, I mean, that that was fun. Thank yeah. you for playing this with me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and thank you all for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And... Hopefully you have somebody to play a game with on your Valentine's Day. And hopefully it's a little more upbeat than ours. <laughs> it's about being together. And you know what? I think that the real Valentine's Day love message of this was that you found a system that you love. Yeah, I gotta say, I really... This 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 pulled on some heartstrings of mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it hits a lot of notes that you like. So, thank you for listening. Please reach out to me on social media i'm on a lot of them now instagram facebook twitter threads soon to be blue sky maybe that's apparently open to everyone now and i know some ttrpg folks have gone over there and like that uh you can always email me at rainyplaysgamespod at gmail.com questions concerns all the things sarah says in the dms um let me know what you think let me know if you have any ideas or games that you think that I might like or questions about games that you're running, anything like that, I'd love to hear it. If you want, you can rate and review this podcast on your podcatcher of choice. It goes a long way just towards it being promoted more in the algorithm to people who have tangential or direct ties to TTRPG content. So it helps a lot. And I've been very encouraged by the surprise ratings that I get every once in a while. It's very very nice and I like you all I think that is the spiel and normally I I follow Sarah's outro lead from the DMs After Dark where I normally say sorry if there's something to be sorry about and then until next time don't deglove anyone's face yeah don't even don't put on a mask <laughs> don't put a mask on don't put on a mask <laughs> bye maybe the better one is Play more games with your partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>